I'm brown and sometimes I wonder if that means I'm closer to white or black and where that sits me in Britain's complex social strata. Recorded in London, I'm Ruby and I'm producing this episode of the podcast to discuss race. joined by fellow TV producer Charlie Braids, although I'm unemployed, so actually she's the only one with a job here. Uh, welcome, white whitey. Can I, <laughs> can I say that? Is that uncomfortable? Um, Does that make you feel uncomfortable? A little bit, but sure, we can go with that. <laughs> and all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. To kick off the conversation, I'd like to look specifically at things we might find racist, whether it's casually putting on an accent at your local Chinese restaurant to crossing the road when a black man comes your way, all the little things we do to navigate our differences create invisible lines in society. And I want to know who drew these lines and whether we can change them. Charlie, do you see me as an Indian? Yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Is that okay? Is that something that's like the forefront of your mind when you look at me? Um, um, probably not like now, I don't think. Here's Ruby, my Indian friend. I'm going to see my Indian friend today. I don't think that before. I think I'm going to see Ruby today. But um, I think when I first met you, um, you were on a team and you were the only Indian person on the team. We had one Southeast Asian guy. And yeah, I I did recognise that. Mm. And also, I don't have any other friends called Rubina. So that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I, I don't see you as white. I mean, that's not the thing that, for me, is something I'd think of when I think of Charlie. Mm. Um, but then I th- that's why sometimes I think you're lucky. Um, and, like, white people are luckier than ethnic minorities living in Britain because when people think of them, they think of their race first and foremost, and then all their other attributes come later. And so I think of you as, like, my kick-ass, kind of proactive, incredible producer, feminist friend before I think of you as a white person. But then I think of you as my kick-ass feminist friend too, but then you add a different... um, You teach me lots of stuff that I don't get taught by my other white friends who might have similar political views. Like, there is that element to it, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm like, oh, Ruby's Indian, I'm going to go and ask her this question about um, intersexual feminism that only she will know the answer (laughs) to. But... I, I think it adds a different level to our friendship and I like it. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, I like it too. I've only really just started appreciating how being Indian is, is great. Great for me and like totally part of who I am. Um, but like, how do you feel about being white? Do you have a, like a like a personal connection to what being white means to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think is I, I mean, if I'm completely honest, I think there's a lot of guilt attached to being white. There's a lot of mundanity. There's a lot of, I don't know. I don't feel proud of being white. I don't feel even proud of being British, which I don't think is quite bad. Maybe I should feel a bit prouder, but I feel like it's a, a label that isn't always seen as a positive thing. I think it it's something that represents a lot of different types of privileges, but I don't see those privileges as something that I should wear as a badge of honour. I feel a bit ashamed of it. Mm. If the, the more I learn and the more the older I get. I don't know, I don't think that white people have always represented themselves in a positive way. <laughs> so don't, don't do history if you <laughs> love being white because we've really fucked up. Oh man, <laughs> I had a friend once say to me, 
oh, I don't see you as Indian because, you know, like, I'm, like, colourblind. Like, I don't look at people like that. And I think I found that more offensive than any casual racist thing anyone has ever said to me because it, it's I'm not pretending I'm anything else and I'm very aware that I'm of darker skin. And if you pretend not to notice it and avoid it, I wonder why, I guess. I think I was that dickhead that when I first moved to London, I probably said some shit like that. <laughs> like, I when I first went to university, I... You know, I had yeah, at my school there was a couple of Indian people. Um, there was like a black guy a couple of years below, and that was really it. So then when I moved to London, um, you know, you immediately start meeting lots of different people. And um, <laughs> one of my friends like called me out very early on and was like, "What you don't say is more offensive than what you could say. So speak up and don't." You know, if someone says, "Oh, who who's your friend?" And you describe them as the the girl with the braids, with dark hair. Just say she's black. Just like, because I think I was really afraid because I didn't know what the right thing to say or the wrong thing to say was. So I probably said a lot of embarrassing things to overcompensate, to not say it and to pretend I don't see people's race. But of course you do because I'm not blind. (laughs) (laughs) And if you are blind, it's still not okay to be racist. This is Dan Dempster, a London-based TV producer and friend of mine. Oh, and he's black. The first time I probably experienced racism, I must have been probably about six years old. And in the in the school playground, I had some little kid running around saying, eh, blackbird, blackbird, and it's just like, yeah, okay. Um, then after that, probably the next kind of major time that I remember is when I was about eight years old. Um, but the thing is, is, as I've got older, I've realised that that wasn't even racism. They were just stupid. And I've come to realise that the, the idea of racism and what racism is, is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's people in power exercising that power to stop any kind of movement, you know? Um, yeah, there's a massive difference between racism and, and, and prejudice. Um, and it, it, it annoys me when people get it all mixed up. Like... Me personally, I don't feel a black person can be racist towards a white person. But that's not because, I, don't, I feel they can be prejudiced towards them and they can display that prejudice towards them. But where they have no power, and they're not gonna stop them from getting a job, they're not gonna stop their kids going through to a certain school, they're not gonna stop certain things. So in, in the grand scheme of it, it, it just isn't racism, it isn't the definition of racism as, as, as to what I understand. I've had experience of being targeted in London, but that was um, in my younger years when um, yeah, just in younger years, when you're just out and about, when you when you were out on on road or whatever, whatever, you might um, if if police see you, you've either got to run or you've got to, or you're gonna get get picked off basically. Um, when I say picked off, I don't mean like killed SAS style or anything like that. I mean like they're gonna they're gonna try and, and and search you. They're gonna try and do their utmost. When I was younger, I just felt that they were doing their utmost to try and get my fingerprints or try and get my DNA or try and get something so that if something else happens anywhere else, at least they've got all my, they've got all my stuff on a database. And it just feels like, it feels like a lot of the young black boys are being rounded up. It feels, it feels pretty much like cattle and tagged so that when something does happen, they've got a larger database. Whereas I, like, I've got white friends as well who, who dabble in drugs and do whatever. And like, yeah, they just feel so safe. So safe. 
Like, no, one ain't gonna, no one's going to come to them and, and pull them over for stop and search. Obviously, like, if you've got tattoos across your neck and you're just looking like some kind of thug, like white guys and black guys, then obviously you're going to get caught. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it just feels, it feels just unfair. And now, a definition. Racism. The belief that all members of each race possess characteristics, abilities or qualities specific to that race, especially so as to distinguish it as inferior or superior to another race or races. Now, Charlie, I've struggled with this definition a bit because mm. there are things that certain races do better at. Like, black people did amazing in the Olympics recently. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> black people are really great at sprinting. Is that as racism? Because superior, like, white white men can't jump, but yeah. black men are really good at jumping. Some <laughs> races have smaller penises than other races. Like, yeah. There's, I don't know, there's some things that make people inferior and superior and bigger and smaller and wider and... I don't know, is it saying, it's saying all, isn't it? And that's the problem. Like, saying that all black people are really amazing sprinters mm -hmm. is probably racist. Right, it's more that expectation is, is if you meet a black person and you're like... Do you want to race? You'll definitely beat me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inferior to you. Yeah. I know politics for you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you. I'm going to talk to Ruby about being Indian in 10 quick fire, hopefully unoffensive questions. <laughs> okay, these are all the things I want to know about you that I may be too afraid to ask. If Are these just going to be racist questions? I hope not. Okay, when was the first moment you knew your ethnicity? When you knew you were like an ethnic minority in this country? Um, I think quite early on, maybe when I was like six or seven. And... I think my dad told me that I would have to work harder than any other person in Britain to get far. And I asked him why. And he says, it's because you're Indian. <laughs> and I was just told that, I guess. I was like, oh, okay. What does that mean? Then, you know, I figured it out. Was that quite scary? Um, no, it was just kind of surprising. I guess like you can grow up thinking that you live in quite like a nice, comfortable middle class. Like I have privileges of that being middle class and I felt quite safe in that environment. But then somebody tells you that you're different. And if somebody, that's somebody who tells you that you're different is a family member, then you really, you're just surprised, I guess. Um, have you ever not wanted to be Indian? Yes. I think most of my teenage years, I wanted to be blonde and white and like all the supermodels that I saw. Um, I kind of wanted to look like Kate Moss or someone like that rather than... Cocaine Kate. Cocaine Kate. <laughs> Heroin chic Kate. Um, then rather than like be be my colour because I didn't see anyone like me on telly so I didn't I didn't have anyone to aspire to really unless I was watching Bollywood films with my parents and then I was like yeah but I'm not that Indian like I'm not that that Indian British Indian yeah what about goodness gracious me I love Mira Sayal I think yeah. she's a fucking legend I love her I would love she's to so meet cool. Mira Sayal um yeah I think goodness gracious me is really funny and like very relatable but that was like a, the first kind of British Indian thing that we would watch as a family and be like holy shit yeah and it was good because it was broad. It covered quite a lot of different South Asian kind of stereotypes, which was great. Did you ever feel frustrated by shows like that when there's only one? Because I don't <laughs> feel like, I don't know, like The Simpsons representing my family. Not that, <laughs> not that we're cartoon characters. I think of a better example. Malcolm in the Middle yeah. doesn't represent all American families. Yeah, so. totally. 
I guess because goodness gracious me was like sketches. I guess it was always aiming to do like lots of little things. But if you're British Indian and you grow up in that environment, it's very, very different to growing up British Pakistani or British Sri Lankan or British, like, I don't know, Bangladeshi. All of us have really different upbringings, different cultures, different foods. And so sometimes when people call you like a Paki or just say like it's Asian or Indian, it's just impossible. So yeah, I, I feel like goodness gracious me did an okay job, but it was just frustrating that it was the only thing out there. What's the most annoying stereotype of being Indian? That you smell like curry? <laughs> <laughs> that feels like quite an old reference. Like well, people don't say that anymore, do they? No, but like the only like British people have no concept of what anything about being Indian is because the only thing that they've ever been taught is like curries and like British food. And it's really fucking weird that the national dish in Britain is a curry because <laughs> like, like, I don't know what that's about. So I, I think that's all they think of when they think about Indians. It's like people who are in corner shops um, and people who like serve you food. So it's like service, basically, which is like harking back to weird colonialism. Yeah. Basically, it's modern colonialism in Britain. <laughs> Indians just like sell you sweets and fags and curries. Yeah, like if you're a kid of an Indian family, your parents own the corner shop or they own the local. Yeah, but weirdly, I did know someone who had a corner shop. Yeah, and they were Indians. We used to go over there and get free sweets. Fun times. <laughs> um, do you ever feel like you've been discriminated at work because of your ethnicity? Uh, potentially, yeah, positively, positively discriminated, like, um, as in BAME, I've been like offered kind of, well, I've been told that I, I was a good candidate for something because I was a woman and I was Indian. Um, was that as you were getting a job or you should go for that job? I think it was, you should go for that job. Yeah. Definitely been like, oh, you should try yeah. that. Cause they've got loads of white people working there. So they'd love, they'd love you. Um, I definitely probably been discriminated more as a woman than I have as an Indian woman. But when you're discriminated against, sometimes it's hard to know which one that they're attacking. So, Do you think dating is harder if you're not white? Yeah, because when you watch telly, white people have sex with other white people. And then Indian people have sex. Well, they just don't. They try and kiss and then move the cheek. <laughs> so they just don't. Um, so then if you never see that many examples of really good like mixed race relationships, you just think, okay, well, I have to stick to my own and it'll be really impossible for me to get someone. I know there's like a weird like hierarchy with dating um, and statistics prove it. Like on Tinder, like women of color perform worse than than white women. And, and by perform, I mean, they just, they get more matches. I don't think I've ever seen um, uh, anybody that is, I'm trying to think of all the sex scenes I've seen in films. And I think you're right. I don't think I've ever seen it. Mm. A non-white. Well, we, I haven't, yeah, it depends what film it is, but like yeah. in like blockbusters, you're right. Yeah, like the last time I saw a white man have sex with an Indian woman on television, I think it might have been that program, Indian Summers, which is a direct program about colonialism in <laughs> India. So yeah, not great. There's a lot of colonialism shit coming back. <laughs> um, who did you look up to as a kid? Did you have any Indian role models outside of your family? Obviously, I'm sure your mum and... Oh, that's hard. No, not really. Oh, there's one like uh, Indian Bollywood actress called Kajal who was quite cool. Um, and she like, used to, like to do her own stunts, which I remember thinking that was really cool. And she used to wear really like thick black eyeliner under her eye with like charcoal. I just thought that was cool. But I mean, like only because she's like the only person I saw on television that was Indian. 
I can't. I mean, like news readers. There's some news readers that I really like, and I like politics and news. So, yeah, Riz Latif. Woo! My brother's name is Riz as well, so we always enjoyed that in house. <laughs> um, did your family have expectations for you that your uh, white friends' parents didn't have for them? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Like I'm just think white people have it so easy in so many ways and one of the things is parenting totally dependent on where you're from but like we all just used to like they my parents were like extremely strict about lots of things and like yeah had expectations for us to be big be great be the best that we could be and and all that shit yeah it was like really tough and like I said to you about my dad said you're gonna have to work twice as hard as anyone else like that's just something that I kind of still believe (laughs) just yeah Good and bad. If you had kids, would you say the same thing to them? Or would you not want to... If they were growing up in London in... Yeah, like now. Yeah, completely I'd say the same thing. I think it's good to know from a young age that that's the... Yeah. In the same way that I would tell a daughter that, by the way, it might be trickier for you in the world than it is for your brother. Um, Have you ever felt afraid because of your ethnicity? Yes, one time I went to Norfolk to visit a friend and uh, every every time I go to any countryside pubs, and I love going to the countryside, so this is really hard for me, <laughs> I always have to do that thing when I walk into the pub and I look around and I'm like, count the faces, like count how many white faces there are and like see if anyone else is, is of colour in there. And it's weird because like even if I see like um, like someone who is East Asian or I see someone who is black, a bit of me is like, whew okay there's two of us you know and it's ridiculous because just because we have we have colored skin doesn't make us connected do you think there's a pecking order with kind of race and ethnicity is is it white and people of color or is it different for different ethnicities? oh no it's different for different ethnicities and totally dependent on what it is that we're looking at so in like kind of money wise uh i'd say that white people are at the top and then kind of uh, maybe like East Asians, then South Asians, and then black people. Maybe that's like a financial kind of hierarchy that happens in this country. Um, then maybe like education, maybe it's like a similar thing. But if you think about like presence in film and television, media representation, uh, you know, right at the top, you'll have white people, then you'll have black people quite close behind, luckily, which is really changing in this country. Uh, but then like, you'll you'll never see maybe like south asians and then you'll never see east asians like east asians just aren't ever on television not not in britain anyway and if they are it's m- very much tokenism appropriated by the white face and we don't want to admit that this is existence still scared to acknowledge the benefits of our white privilege theresa may is it teresa it's teresa teresa may i like to call her teresa may That means fighting against the burning injustice that if you're born poor, you will die on average nine years earlier than others. If you're black, you're treated more harshly by the criminal justice system than if you're white. If you're a white working class boy, you're less likely than anybody else in Britain to go to university. So there was an equality commission that came out and it said that black people in England are more than three times more likely to be a victim of homicide than those who are white. Also, unemployment rates were significantly higher for ethnic minorities and ethnic minority people were more likely to live in poverty than white people. And the mortality rate of black African women in the UK is four times higher than white women. That's just insane, isn't it? Mm. It's like, 
I, I, when people try and say, oh, we, we live in an equal society, and then you see statistics like that, it's just, it's just devastating to think that we're still living in a world that if, if, you, if you fall into a particular section of society, you're more likely to have these things happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it was it was super shocking because it just felt like this is 2016 and maybe because we live in a bit of a London bubble we don't really witness it as much as as people across the country do but you know it's like I think unemployment still being significantly high for ethnic minorities like that's scary. Yeah. Those stats were like super depressing but I I think I don't know I, I feel like I don't want to be coming from a place of being like when I'm an ethnic minority we've really like struggled to make it here because I'm not in that category of ethnic minorities who have had to struggle because being an ethnic minority comes with its own problems but being an ethnic minority who's poor is just a whole different world like I can't presume to understand those struggles but I think I can understand why people maybe feel like they've been treated differently and just being conscious of everything that happens to you and to be feeling like maybe it's happening to you because of the colour of your skin. We know that being an ethnic minority in this country still poses various disadvantages. Businesses and institutions have sought to rectify the situation by promoting roles for ethnic minorities, or black, Asian, minority, ethnic. Yes, that is a thing, a term used to categorise us. BAME. I don't know who the hell is to blame for BAME, but I really don't like it. My hatred for institutionalised acronyms aside, labels are important, right? Whether they are hurtful or helpful, they will always be limiting. Here is the story of Rachel Dolezal. She is out at the NAACP and on TV, of course. Appearing on NBC's Today Show, Dolezal, who is white by most definitions, says she considers herself black and takes issue with critics comparing her look to blackface. Are you an African-American woman? I identify as black. What did you think of, of how she was treated? I just couldn't believe it was happening. I just, I just, yeah, I think it's one of those things where I, sometimes when it's like a news piece kind of related to race, I always try and take a minute before saying anything because I don't want to say the wrong thing or to jump on anything. Because I just feel, I mean, the damage that she's done trying to weigh up the damage she's done and the but then also her humiliation and embarrassment I think she's been shamed very very publicly about what she's done I I don't know I just I think I'm just I'm even still in shock even like a year on (laughs) that you would yeah you you would say that I just couldn't ever imagine doing that so I couldn't I don't know yeah I guess the question that I'd really want to ask you is like do you feel white I think when I think about my identity, I feel like a woman and I love the identity of being a woman and I think about that as almost the first thing about me. Yeah, I don't think I don't think about being white. Or if I I mean I I don't think I feel any other race. I don't think it's something I mm-hmm. attach to my identity. So that was like Rachel's argument is that she, you know, she she felt like a a black person and a person with an african-american experience growing up in Af- in in america today and i have a confession to make i don't think i feel indian i don't even think i feel like a brown person i don't feel like 
I'm not having a moment where I'm saying that I'm Rachel Dozzy on that, actually. <laughs> I think I'm a white person trapped in a brown person's body. I am not saying that. But I'm just saying, like, I don't associate my kind of per- person who I am with the colour of my skin. Like, I don't... Put- I don't put those things together like I've had to just deal with people other people's responses and pers- pers- perspectives of me like that and that kind of sounds like I'm brown hating or something and I'm not I'm not self-hating like I know that I'm brown but I don't I don't feel that I don't know what that I don't know what that feeling is maybe I haven't like been on pilgrimage to like my home country and felt connected to it in a way but yeah, I don't feel brown I mean, I don't feel black I think that the only times where I feel white is when I am away in another country where I'm the minority and that's the only time I really think about about it. I remember being in um, being in India, people stopping to talk to us because we were white when you go to places that are, have less tourism mm. or like when I was in China and having pictures of people's be- holding people's babies with them and things like that like that's I felt white then mm. but yeah no, I don't think about it in the UK but then I've grown up in a white community like mm. I've grown up in such a majority white community I've moved to London and I'm still a major- majority even though it's it's much more mixed so mm-hmm. well I grew up in, in London and in a very multicultural school um, and I think that there were times where we adopted black culture as just as just like a pop, popular thing as it was pop culture to to say things like oh bruv or bear or just like we'd have this london slang that originated from the black communities living in london and we would adopt them but we were too living out in the country as well so what does that <laughs> mean this is really embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> but like this sort of you know everyone was listening to hip-hop everyone was like my favourite TV shows as, like, a kid was, like, Moesha, Sister, Sister, Keenan and Kel, like, and, you know, you see home videos and we were talking in American accents. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about people blacking up? Um, not just, like, just for fancy dress Don't purposes. do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> what about that film White Chicks, where they actually whited up? Oh, the Wayne yeah. Brothers did that about seven, <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah. Did you find that offensive? Uh, no. As a white chick. As a white chick, I think... Has I, anyone called you a chick, Charlie? I just don't see you as, like, I hate that not word. Not for about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, up, chick. Do you think it's fair to to try and understand it, to think of it in a similar way to being transsexual? Mm-hmm. Like, not to, you know, simplify anyone's experiences, but in my mind, that's how I'm trying to think of it, to try and understand how she was in that place well a lot of a lot of people have discussed have had this discussion online and in newspapers about whether her experience was similar exactly to a transgender experience you know was she a black woman you know inside a white woman's body as if the kind of uh, idea of being black is something a bit more abstract um i don't know yeah i, I don't know what to think about it because I think there are different levels of people's racial identities. Like for somebody like you living in kind of cosmopolitan London, your Indian identity would be very different for somebody that has grown up in, in India with an Indian community. You know, if you were to sit down and talk to each other and talk about your experiences of your own race, you'd probably have quite a different experience. And 
yeah I don't know mm. yeah I don't like I don't know I just don't I don't have anything bad to say about this woman I feel like she's she's struggling through the complex identity that is defining who you are as a person which is difficult as it is don't throw in like the color of your skin and your gender on top of that I don't know if this is the same argument I don't know if this is a really bad thing to say but she is taken a platform that should have been for a black woman she's taken a platform saying she is black when she had a really high up job in that company that she was working for she had the top job she had this huge platform and when you're speaking for a community you've got to be honest with them right Mm -hmm. um i always think like like i'm a massive movie fan and i always think like movies are a really good like touchstone for me to figure out like how we as society like kind of inform ourselves on race and what happens and that you know there's a few someone someone told me yesterday that there's a film coming out where there's going to be like a chinese kind of guru like an asian like oriental abstractly oriental maybe um guru played by tilda swinton what i know (laughs) she's like the whitest isn't she (laughs) she's really white like i mean even white people say she's like white she (laughs) she's (laughs) hashtag white girls she's really white can't you see it i know you can feel it it's all in the air I can't stand the pressure much longer. Somebody say a prayer. These invisible lines that people draw in society about what is appropriate, what is okay, what is yeah. racist, what is not racist. Like, I don't know who draws them because we are just putting that on each other. <laughs> we are just being like, okay, actually, Charlie, it's not cool for you to do that. We are having this weird dialogue where we're just presuming these lines. Of, I don't know. It's not like a government thing. The government's not imposing shit on us. But then maybe it's people like me who, if I was the headmistress of a school, if you say the p word, you're suspended. <laughs> I got you're suspended right. for saying fuck. So I think if you use a racial slur, you're out. Oh God. But then that's a, it's a protection thing, isn't it? It's to protect how people are. I remember the Native American headdresses. That was a really big. That was a big thing in it the still press. Is. Yeah. I was in the pub on like last weekend with my flatmate Andy. We were sitting outside. It's beautiful sunny day. He like looked past me and he just said, "Oh look, there's an Indian." And I turned around and there was a woman in full Native American headdress <laughs> oh, God. heading to a party. And it was really funny because when he looked at me and said, "Oh look, there's an Indian," I thought he was. I thought he was being racist. I thought I was like, "I can't believe you're saying that." I'm right in front of you. Like, don't just point out Indians on the street. I know I live in Stoke Newington, but like, come on. <laughs> but then you can't. Indian isn't the correct phrase for native americans yeah exactly it's not um yeah i don't know is that is that bad i mean what what does it represent why does why would people be so up in arms about it maybe i'm just too chill i think like i think it's when there's because then am i not culturally appropriating white culture by sitting here and like denim dress and who who owns denim though like i don't know what makes me who owns denim? Okay, denim's a big worldwide one, actually. That's true. <laughs> you know, you've never seen a denim sorry. Den- <laughs> denim's like penicillin. It's for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>